What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight. We are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth into your week. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me at the host table, Miss Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. On Thank this you. Beautiful, not fall day oh, at all. I, think I high of 80. love it. It's, yeah, it's like mid 70s. It's confusing. Yeah, and it's. The colors are strikingly beautiful. The leaves are falling. It's great. I love it. And so here's the thing, though. I'm on this podcast with people older and so much wiser than me, right? But I'm new homeownership. Mm-hmm. And I, it's a lot of upkeep, and I was ready to not have to mow the lawn anymore. It gets cold enough. The grass dies. You don't mow again till mm-hmm. April, right? Well, right. I got to mow now. So Yeah. Well, that's it's, it gives it all that last final. Yeah touch before winter comes and don't worry it'll be 10 below zero for follow the star just in time (laughs) but uh (laughs) joining us uh, again after a week off senior pastor mark carey just a week off from the podcast not a week off from work Two weeks, no, right? Yeah, he had two weeks. Off. I two sent two. Uh, oh, two, yeah. oh, that's yeah, right. Dennis, yeah, uh, Dennis preached twice. Dennis. Dennis oh, yeah, for the second one. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. But, and but, you're young. That's how I was going to say. No, no, no. Wait, like... so, wait, so Dennis was here twice. <laughs> Dennis was here twice. And then, and then he wasn't here last. So that's three weeks. But I don't know, we, but we zoom light that's because he had a funeral last right, week. Right. But he was still working. You were, you were at a funeral. So we zoom light. He's back. How you doing, man? Good. Good. Hanging in there. Yep. Good. Romans eight. Guys, let's jump into a Sunday in review. The the chapter of chapters, Pastor Mark, and you'll actually have you'll you'll be upset by this, but is it the it's the sparkle on the ring of the jewel that's the ring? Is that I mm-hmm. forget the exact yeah. analogy? Yeah, the the, the ring is um, the the scriptures. The, the the jewel is the Book of Romans, and the sparkling point is uh, chapter eight. Sparkling point, love it, <clears throat> so good. Uh, we did an overview, and then we kind of started. Um, Running our way through Romans 8, Alicia, I'll come your way first. What are some thoughts on this weekend um, as far as, you know, how the congregation kind of received uh, everything we're going through? Yeah, so I'm so excited to be in chapter 8. Um, you said that it's the chapter of chapters for the life of any believer in Jesus Christ, and I wholeheartedly agree. And um, the beginning of the chapter starts out with no condemnation, the end, no separation, and the whole middle is no defeat, which is really uh, encouraging news for the life of a Christian. And you had four main points that we went through. The assurance of victory, which is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And you put us in a, the courtroom where God is both the jury and the judge. Um, but we've been acquitted of all crimes and we have peace with Christ because of what Jesus has done for us. And he was judged in our place and his righteousness uh, was given to us on, his righteousness is on our account now. Um, The second point was the basis of victory. Uh, God did it all by sending his son, Jesus. Mm. And so our ability to change and be transformed is wholly due to his action and what Jesus has done for us and God sending his son. Um, The third point, my responsibility for victory. And that is basically walking not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And that spiritual victory that we have is guaranteed through walking by the spirit. Um, And then the fourth was our path to victory. And uh, you highlighted 
two choices that we have to walk in the flesh or to walk in the spirit. And um, if we're walking in the spirit, where our minds are set on him and we're experiencing life and peace and joy. And um, you gave us some application points to that that we can talk about later too. Very good, Alicia. A plus. A plus. Yeah, hey, it's I just the notes. I don't, even, I don't even want you to see my notes. <laughs> um, no, for me, and I love to, I had, I had margin notes in my Bible from going through the mentorship program meeting with Pastor Mark. And so to hear him say and deliver certain things to, to support the scripture and the same thing that I have in there, you know, good thing it's not about I, the Holy Spirit's gonna be said, you know, 19 times in this chapter. It, it, it's really cool for me to come at it from a, at a congregational church-wide scale now after having in-depth discipleship study in it because to, to see the body of believers embrace it um, was just kind of heartwarming for me to see, um, and, and even Keystone, a lot of the young adults, I mean, this stuff is hitting hard, and, and you, you, you're brushing up on it, and I think you will have to every Sunday. What, what in the world's going on with the election? Like, we don't even have a president. <laughs> so so what are we going to do during this time? What are we going to rely on? What does it look like to really lean on the Spirit and walk according to the Spirit instead of the flesh? And I just think it's it came at an excellent time um, to, to, you know, not only contextually in the Bible on the cusp of Romans 7, but even as 2020 ends, um, it's a healthy reminder. Yeah, yeah, it's always, uh, Jesus said, you know the truth, and the truth will set you free, and we can sure get uh, shackled up by circumstances of life, and uh, so we got to keep going back into the Word and really understand, again, who we are in Christ and how we live uh, above the fray of the the mess of sinful uh, you know the, the stinking life in which we're, we're, we find ourselves in, and so we live above that by living according to the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, so we're we're we don't, as I said, we we don't have to just survive in this life. We can actually thrive. Mm-hmm. And um, but that's the key because there's a lot of Christians who aren't. Mm-hmm. You know, you look around sometimes. You wonder how many people have been baptized in lemon juice, because you know it's like oh my, life is terrible. We of all people should be arising above that and living the, um, the and living a life as God intended it. Jesus said, "I came to give you life and give it to you abundantly." Mm-hmm. So Paul is saying here, if we set our minds on things of the Spirit and walk according to the Spirit, we experience life and peace. Mm-hmm. If we don't, then there's a there's deadly consequences yeah. to that. Well, I like that idea of of surviving versus thriving. Uh, Timbrook Achievement Center organization uh, located south end of town, Winchester. Uh, and on, on Monday nights, I go and I, I share with some of the kids in the kind of correctional facility there. Um, a lot of stuff based out of our Abacare program that we go into the schools with. Uh, and one thing we talked about, showed a little bit of a TED Talk about happiness and, and what it means to really pursue and chase after happiness. And there are all these studies, all these different surveys of how we, we are so inclined to just do what's required to survive than really thrive. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of the TED Talk and, and the, the person talking was that we can't just stumble across happiness. We really have to create it and be reminded of it and pursue it and, and seek that out in our life. Because if you're looking for evidence against it, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- there are always a million reasons not to do something. There are always evidence that will, you can believe, it's so much easier to believe lies than it is to believe yeah. truth sometimes. Dr. Frank uh, Minerth and Dr. Paul Meyer, they, they taught pastoral ministry to me when I was in seminary 40-some years ago, uh, they wrote a book called Happiness is a Choice. Mm. 
And, and right. it is. And, and as believers, we make a choice. What am I going to set my mind on? Mm, right. And um, again, I, I, I think we have to realize again, or be reminded that chapter eight is in the context of sanctification. He's dealt yeah. with our eternal issues of justification as he moves into their six, seven, and eight. We're talking about how to live the Christian life. And that is, by the way, one of the, I think oftentimes the miss interpretation of Romans chapter 8. You read so many commentaries, and um, it, it is assumed that every believer is going to walk in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, it's like statements, uh, uh, the requirement of the law, verse 4, is fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, as if what Paul was saying is, Every true believer in Jesus Christ will walk according to the Spirit. Now, you might have dips at times and sinful like Paul had in Romans chapter 7, but that was not very long. It, it, mm. Occasionally we slip into that. But the real believer in Jesus Christ will always walk according to the Spirit mm. and will set their mind because a, an unbeliever won't do that. And they take that out of Romans chapter 8. Not what Paul was saying. He's not talking about heaven and hell issues. He's talking about life and death in terms of our experience hmm. of the of and it it, it um it's really important to to look at romans chapter 8 through that lens through that grid otherwise yeah. I, I think you walk away totally missing the point of what paul was well saying. and that that's that misinterpretation leads to a lot of fear of oh well you might not be saved if, if this isn't manifest in your life right setting and a fire well, under your yeah. feet instead of setting a fire in your heart and, and saying no because you are this way yeah. the yeah. knowledge of it that was one thing that I was like, so with verses three and four there, how can I, who still hmm. struggle with sin, you know, that I get that stench of death about me sometimes <laughs> with my attitudes, how can I fulfill that righteous requirement of the law that we've talked about and we talked about with Dennis as well? And, hmm. um, and I think about love and loving God and loving others. And then I think, oh, I, I am mad with the people that I love the most, you know, this is a wretched man that I am. It's this, the frustration of making these choices according to the flesh that don't give me that peace and that life. Um, but in verse 11, uh, Romans 8, 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your immortal bo bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And so he gave me life. He gave me the fruit of the spirit for today and each and every day in this life. And his divine power has given me everything that I need for mm. life and godliness. So I don't give up. I keep going. I keep trying. Um, I keep abiding. I, I choose to choose him. I choose to s take my mind, to set my mind on the things of the spirit, the things that are above. And there's some intentionality about that. We were talking about that in our small group about last night about just the intentionality of um, conforming our minds to Christ and um, taking that step of obedience was, was one of the key, let's see, that was number four in our how to set our minds on Christ, mm -hmm. um, in that obedience to stepping out in faith and realizing it's not I, it's Christ, but I, I, I do need to obey yeah. and I need to step out in faith and take that action of obedience. 
Yeah, I, I and I think again what when Paul what what he's saying here in one two verses one two and three, it's it's it begins with therefore. So he's you know mm-hmm. building on what he has just said. But we do have to constantly remind ourselves that I don't have to live that way because mm-hmm. I'm not the same person. And what mm-hmm. Paul said, and I wanted to make that really clear again when he says there is therefore now no condemnation. The Greek word katakrima, uh, it. it it's, it has more than just some eternal perspective in mind. It's that um, the, the sentence that was passed because I was born in Adam, I, because of I sinned in Adam, because of Adam's sin passed on, uh, God passed a sentence of servitude to sin. And, and really, unbelievers, we talk about what's the difference between a believer and an unbeliever, a believer can choose not to. An unbeliever cannot no choose. choice. There's yeah. no choice there right. yeah. because we're under the unbeliever is under the sentence that they must. They have no choice. They mm-hmm. must serve sin. But what Paul is saying in verse one, that that condemnation, that sentence to be under the 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 the, the reign of sin has been broken. There is therefore now no longer the sentence to serve sin. That's been broken. Hmm. And he comes back and kind of plays on that in verse 4 when he says, for what the law could not do, weak as it was, God did this because he said the law can't affect that in our life, Mm -hmm. but God did it. And how did he do it? Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. And then he repeats this concept. He condemned sin. Now, I didn't bring that up in the sermon. Uh, There's too much to, to mention. But interestingly, <laughs> verse 1 talks about there's no condemnation for me, but what did get condemned? God condemned sin in the flesh. So he... He dealt with it. He pronounced a sentence mm-hmm. upon sin and its mastery, and he annulled it. Mm-hmm. He dealt with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not condemned. I'm not subject to the sentence of that, to servitude. Sin now is uh, subject to the to the to the sentence of being annulled and broken in our life. Given that, well, so why do I sin? Well, because wh- where's my mind? I'm not appropriating in the, the power of the Spirit, and I'm not sending my mind. So it's going back to what you're saying, Alicia. Yeah, w- w- what's our choice? What are we? What choices are we making every day? Hmm. Right, yeah. And, that, and reminding ourselves of that transformation, it, it comes because of what God's done. Hmm. He did it. He's already done it. He has saved us from the penalty of sin. He's saving us from the power of sin. And he's saving us from, he will save us from the presence of sin. We're going to be delivered from this body, body of, of sin. sin one day. It's not It's not here yet, but one day we will be completely delivered from this body of sin. And, and we're f- not going to have this war of the sin, you know, sin and flesh and the spirit. The wretchedness of the wretchedness man of I, I, yes. I slip into, right. Yeah. And for whatever reason, when we experience that wretchedness or we notice the sin, I mean, it's, it's meant to be evidence for what God has done and why he did it. But for whatever reason, we convince ourselves it must not have happened to the degree I once thought or, oh, I'm not fully, I haven't been fully delivered. Yeah, it, yeah, it's just, you know, it's my DNA. That's just the right, way I am. Who I am. Or it's the trauma in my life. And, right. and I don't want to minimize that. I mean, mm-hmm. I had a co- great conversation with someone the other day about, about um, the seriousness of past traumas. Um, mm. This is a, a people who are working in, um, in Africa, and they're doing work um, in, in a very broad way. But there's, whether, whether it's uh, trafficked, 
women or children, whether it's people who have experienced um, th the death of Ebola in their families, mm -hmm. or all, just mm -hmm. all, and there's terrible trauma, mm -hmm. as there isn't even in our country. And they, they are working with people to help deal with this trauma because, in one sense, we all have it. Mm -hmm. What it is, though, what Paul is saying is we don't have to have that define us. We, we, we're set free from that, and that's what we, 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 we have to offer this world is freedom in Christ and teaching them what he did for us that we don't have to now be defined by that past sin, by that past trauma. And as believers, shame on us if we use that as an excuse to not move forward <laughs> right. in a well, Christian and that, life. Like your, your point, number one, confession, that, um, that heartfelt acknowledgement. And I think that that very much can come into play is not only are we acknowledging where we might be inadequate or our past hurts and those sort of things, but also it's an acknowledgement of who God is and just mm. rejoicing in what he's done that the, the truth that we are not condemned anymore and what Jesus has given us, he's given us the Holy Spirit. We are now indwelt by the living God mm -hmm. and we have hope for us to minister to our our hurts and our past traumas and the, we're not defeated and so i think that with that confession is acknowledging who god is and um how he has come to us he's he's emmanuel he's god with us and yeah. he's come to minister to us in this time and that i mean what a glorious god we can just rejoice uh over and over well, thinking that's, upon that. That's what it's all for, an opportunity to rejoice and experience that fellowship. I remember as a kid the first time I heard the phrase, confess Jesus as your Savior. And I remember thinking, what? No, you only confess bad things. I don't, I don't want to go to confession. I don't, I don't want to tell people what I've done that's icky or whatever. Like, well, wait, we can confess good things too. We can confess truths on, on what I've been through or about God, what you are capable of pulling me through. And that's just it. It's, it's the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Nowhere in the Bible is it the saving experience of Jesus Christ that you're reminded by your feelings and emotions and everyone around you affirming the truth that Jesus died for you. Jesus is going to have to do that through you to re recognize what I'm dealing with right now. That's what he died for. It's not ethereal and spiritual anymore. For a four-year-old, it really is. Okay, Mom, I'll take you at your word. I'm a sinner. But to grow in that spiritual infancy and realize, wow, this is what he died for. Yeah, it's yeah. easier to stomach. And, and, and again, we've said it many times. No person is going to live, behave in a way that's inconsistent with how they perceive themselves. Mm. So if I was Satan, and, and, and I, mm. I'm reading this, and I think, oh, good night. Believers in Jesus Christ mm -hmm. are set free. They, mm -hmm. they're, not, they're no longer in the sentence of condemnation, of, of death. They've been set free. They've been liberated. The cross has done all that. If I can get them not to believe that, mm -hmm. if I can get them to believe the lie that they really are no good, dirty, rotten scoundrels, they're, they're abused and used goods, that they are you know, messed up lives that will never, never find happiness and hope this side of it. If, I can, if I'm Satan, that's what I'm going to get a believer to believe. Mm -hmm. And that's why we got to keep coming to truth. Yeah. Jesus, know the truth. The truth is going to set you free. Yep. So we have to keep rise. going. That's why I think, again, Romans 8 and all this whole 6, 7, and 8 are so crucial in how to live the Christian life. No. But yeah, confession, yeah, we got to start and say, you know, right, you know, God, I, I've allowed the lies of Satan to right. actually entrap me to think that I can't experience the abundant right. life 
that was secured for me by your son dying for me. Yeah. And that's a lie from the pit. Well, and it's, it, this gives us such a healthy perspective, a healthy posture to start to process some of that stuff. I think a lot of people, especially my age and those younger than me, it's easy to play the victim card instead of the victory card. Oh, no, no, all this stuff has happened to me. All the odds are stacked against mm -hmm. me in this way. I'm victimized by this. I'm victimized by that. I'm victimized. I mean, God played the ultimate victim. A and we have victory because of that. But it's the, <laughs> where do we lose the battle? It's... I don't know. And we, we've been talking for weeks and weeks about our power source. And um, my mom, I love her, she, uh, she sent this on Sunday morning. She said, so I had this picture running through my mind as Mark was preaching this morning. I am the plug. The Holy Spirit is the receptable, recept receptacle, sorry, uh, to which I'm plugged in. The Holy Spirit is plugged into the electric line of Jesus, and Jesus is plugged into the ultimate power plant of God the Father. Don't pull the plug, and if I get that car cord too far and the plug comes out, plug it right back in. <laughs> so, but but it's true, and there's the you can see the trinity working in this passage too which is mm. which is another beautiful thing that the, the, it, the it father sent the son and and then the power of the holy spirit working through us and um it's it's yeah. just hope for yeah. us yeah yeah i mean game on god has has, mm -hmm. has it all and he's given it to us uh, but uh <laughs> We have to walk according to the, the spirit and not according to the flesh. And it's a choice that we make by appropriating. That's a conversation we have with God. You know, it's a it's that consecration, that second point where we say, all right, Lord, I, I'm, I've got issues. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think right sometimes. I don't act right. I, I've got the, the, those desires of the flesh pull me in hmm. different directions. And I, I don't know where they come from. It doesn't quite, frankly, I don't care where they come from. They're wrong. I don't have to dig deep and understand, well, I was traumatized by my third grade teacher when she told me I was not going to amount to a hill of beans. Hmm. Well, yeah, that can be traumatizing, but uh, uh, right. that's not, that's an excuse. There's that active right. part of that where we do have to present our members, which we've talked about, and right. that takes action on our part. It takes obedience on our part. It does. It does. But we can only do it by the Spirit. Um, by the Spirit, and that's that third one, the communion. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's based on that relationship and not not on a regimen. So we mm -hmm. we we have to. Peter said it in First Peter chapter five eighteen. We have to, or Second Peter three eighteen. We have to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. um, it was Paul who said in Second Corinthians chapter eleven verse three. He said, "I fear for you." He's writing to the Corinthian church that like Eve was deceived by the devil, uh, your minds might be led away from the simplicity and devotion to Christ. Mm. That's a paraphrase, but that, you know, yeah. we can be easily drawn away and all of a sudden our eyes are off of communion with him and, uh, and on all this other smuck, it, it's, it's mm. this is, this is, this is the tool and the tactic of Satan from the very beginning. Of, in Genesis uh, chapter 3 of the fall. And that's why we Nothing's need community changed. to help exactly. us stay grounded and to stay focused because we belong to one another as as adopted children in the faith. We're, we're a spiritual family and we belong to one another. Yeah. And so we need each other to help hmm. stay connected yeah. to our power source. And boy, I sense that energy Sunday, even in the gatherings uh, hmm. uh, that... It just like even after the, the 
last song and, and people just applauded there there was mm -hmm. just a sense of, of being together at, at an mm -hmm. excitement that um yes this is true and and um you know and praise to that, god to that point that excitement we we have a hope now that, that that this enemy it doesn't warrant the circumstance we're dealing with is not a, a worthy adversary of our hope and I, and I was having a conversation with uh, Angie LeMay, our wonderful youth admin, and, and she was like, it, this was pre-election night, but in the throes of everything that's happened this year. She's like, is it weird that I'm still just mostly excited? Like, uh, and, and I'm like, yeah, I feel that too. But I've been in, in moments of people talking about it where I'm, I'm too scared to not also be like just hopeless. And you, you, people are bonding over despair. Oh my goodness gracious, you know, yeah. everything's falling apart. We're bonding over things falling apart. Uh. But Christians have an opportunity to be like, here we go. Right? This is it now. Game well, on. Yeah, game on. Yeah. I mean, if you were to go back and look at every sermon we have in our audio library from 2000 to 2000, it's preparing you for such a time as 2020. This is not unwarranted. What we are going through, has the world's actually gone through it many times before. Yeah. Um, and so to yeah. find that perspective, man, changes the game for yeah. sure. It goes back to the, <clears throat> just to emphasize those words again in, in verse 6, and, and I Again, many will interpret this, verse 6, for the mindset on the flesh is death, mm. the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. Many interpret that as a believer or unbeliever, that an unbeliever is one who sets their mind on the flesh, and it is death, meaning eternal death, hell. Mm. And a true believer sets are, are people who set their mind on the Spirit, and they'll experience eternal life and eternal peace. Again, that is not uh, not what it to says. the best of my understanding, <laughs> and in says. the context, it's in the context that says about living the Christian life directed to believers. And um, Paul said, and I, again, I didn't bring this out, but if you think back to chapter 7, when he was talking about his struggles, he said in verse 7, What shall we say then? Is the law of sin? May it never be. On the contrary, I would have not come to know uh, sin except through the law, for I would not have known about coveting if the law had not said, You shall not covenant not covet, but, verse 8, sin taking uh, opportunity through the commandment produced in me coveting of every kind, for apart from the law, sin is dead. I was once alive apart from the law, but when that commandment came, sin became alive, and I died. <laughs> and this commandment, which was supposed to result in life, proved to result in death for me. And then he goes on and details what that death looked like, mm. oh, you know, and then ends up, well, wretched man that I am. Mm. Again, these are believers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure people could say that about me at some point. It's like, man, being around him is <laughs> like being around death, <laughs> you know, and, and because, you know, because that, that can be, if our focus is not on him, we can so easily slip back. Yeah. And so this is the call, and he's given us the pathway to victory. Yeah. Of, no, uh, and he's so kind him. to continue to pursue us. Yes. It's just like he doesn't li leave us there. He he comes after us. Well, Which, wanna... by the way, is what this coming week is, mm. because he f starts focusing on why why does he do that? Because we're his children, and he talks about we've mm. been adopted. I mean, what parent is there that, that just finally says, "All right, that you, you know, you had your hand in the cookie jar one time. I told you not to do that. You're you're on your own. Pack your bags." And get out of the house and you know waddle down the street, waddle on the street and be gone with you. Change I want your own diaper. More. That's right. So long, you grammy little urchin. <laughs> no, we, we yes, we discipline, but we never it, mm. the faithfulness of God, and that's and that's where Paul goes mm. in this next session, section on chapter eight. And it gets 
easier to digest when we don't spiritually define these words that we can define grammatically, right? You want to overcomplicate Scripture. Anytime you read the word death, think hell, and anytime you read the word life, think heaven. Every yeah, time you think of the word save, right, you mean right. eternal Oh, salvation. goodness gracious. I mean, you're, it's too ethereal, right? It's too, it's so hyper-spiritual, but it's just, it's very practical stuff we're going through, so yeah. the sanctification road in Romans 8, I think, is, I think is huge. Yeah. yeah. So. Hey, anything mm, else? That's anything good. Else? Just some announcements. If any, any other final thoughts, Simeon, a lot of good stuff here. Your grandma wrote in. <laughs> so again, Mark Francis is in here. So he, I'll get a text from him reminding me. Just like similar. I do have one little thing that I want to say. Go ahead. I want to say thank you to the elders and the women for the seminar. Yes, mm, for the women's seminar. It was so well done, and I wasn't there in person, but I did listen. Good. Um, oh, online good. and looked at the it is online yeah 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 it's all online um and i just so appreciated how you were faithful to the bible and that you were silent where the bible silent and you spoke where the bible speaks and mm. um and i just i i thank you thank you on behalf of at least this woman here <laughs> and for our family no, i think that it's um foundational stuff that uh, we need to gri take grips on. Sometimes the Bible has hard things to say, and sometimes we don't understand completely hmm. what it all means, but it's God's truth, and we have to abide by it. So, well, and, good. I, and that's, that's one great. way that we can honor him and love him is to respond to his word. Well, I got good feedback from men in the church, families in the church, kids. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't just for women to hear, right? It was, right. It was a good thing to unpack for for the whole congregation. So again, that's online to find. Uh, we do have coming up at the beginning of, the, of December, uh, follow the car. Okay, it's actually called follow the star drive through. Oh, I think. Um, <laughs> follow the car. December fifth and sixth, five to nine p.m. Let me just really make sure I'm honing in on this. I'll get a lot of emails no, if I don't. Yeah, five to nine. Five to nine at FBC. On People campus. are going to go to the battlefield. Do not go to the battlefield. It will look like a battlefield because nothing's going on. Um, so it's at FBC. Come the, the windows up. We've been. To, I was in the meeting on Sunday at the St. Myers. It was cool to hear people say a lot of people will be able to come now that were never able to walk that distance or be out in the cold that long. Mm. So they'll get their first experience of this narrative because mm. they are in the oh, comfort of their own cool. car. So which is really cool. Um, so so look forward to that. Uh, I don't think there's any other special events. But yeah. Now and yeah. Friday night. Well, oh. Big barn party, and yours yeah. truly is going to be the there youth group. Oh, the youth group barn party. The youth yeah. group barn party. Youth group barn barn party. Out at Annables. Out out of Jim and Terry Annables in in the barn. You know they've even in previous properties they they had a barn years oh, ago. Oh, I out, I went all yeah, the time. I went. Oh, yeah. yeah, little fun fun time. But so I fun. anyway they've asked me to share the, the do the <laughs> presentation. Jeez, so they're, they're, great. They're letting anybody yeah. in these oh, days. I tell you, it's That's big, crazy. Big the bottom of the barrel, but. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's good stuff. Thank you guys for being here. As a reminder to our listeners, you can find Sermon Spotlight all over the place. If you Google it, we pop right up. You can leave us a review, feedback, questions, uh, submit anything you like over at fbcva.life forward slash Sermon Spotlight. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless.